This week, Brother and Sister Kilman teach on the topic, The Surprising Secrets of Highly Happy Marriages. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. At all times, Lord God. Thank amen, you. amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Um, it's always uh, fun to be here. I'm going to ask my wife to come up and help me. And we're going to do something a little different tonight. I was talking to Brother Lopez. I kind of bounced it off of him. He gave me a look, so we'll see if this goes well. Um, he's all very, very trusting, uh, but um, I, I realized I was talking to my wife on the way uh, over here. Uh, do you want to see it, baby? I, I, we have uh, been here, I don't know how many years we've been teaching in young adults. It wasn't quite the Stone Age, uh, but it was a while back. We started, it's been a while. Um, and I realized that we had only talked about certain subjects, like I think we've talk, talked about dating twice. And so I thought, well, why not? Let's just uh, dive in and uh, take the extra plunge. And so uh, what we're going to talk about tonight is marriage. <laughs> She's telling on herself. She's telling. <laughs> Is that, please make sure that's on the recording. Amen. Okay, so what we're going to do is, uh, how many of you are married? I know, there's some of us, yes. How many of you want to be married one day? How many of you are not sure you want to be married, but you know people that are probably married? Okay, good. See, that's everybody in the room. Okay, so here's what we want to do tonight. We want to talk about uh, ways to deal with marriage that will help. Okay, better to be forewarned than to get into this and all of a sudden go, uh, I think I need some help. So we're going to do some preemptive stuff tonight. Sister Reese, you, you're in the spirit. You came today. This was just, I'm telling you, it was in line with... I told a couple of the guys, I have a word for you tonight. You know who you are? <laughs> uh, I will tell you that this is a, a, a we're going to have a lot of fun, but I will tell you that uh, God in the book of Genesis said that it's the social, the spiritual, and the cultural mandate that's all mingled together. And God decided, by the way, to subdue the earth through everybody. Okay, well, let's do this. Uh, some of you have had Pentateuch. I'm going to have to just quiz you. How did God, what did God decide to use as his instrument, his vehicle, to su subdue the earth and, have, and watch his dominion be exercised by his vice regents? What institution? Family, that's right, marriage. That's right, so it, it's a pretty important subject that God built the family before he built the church. Okay, I'll behave, but I mean, we could talk like there for 40 minutes. All my students said, amen. He could. <laughs> All right, so what I'm saying is, uh, let's take this seriously. So I know maybe you're thinking, well, this is not very apropos or something like that. But if you will just trust me, we'll talk about uh, the fundamental things. Just going to look at little things. Uh, this was my wife and I at the IBC banquet. Back in, uh, you know, 19... That's true. That is. Right before. You can see the stars are in her eyes. She's wonderfully oblivious to who I really am. And God has kept her blind for 16 years, so it's been awesome. Um, just kidding. Uh, I'm, I'm not that bad all the time. Uh, so we want to talk about the surprising secrets of highly happy marriages. So this is what it looks like. You know what it looks like. 
I mean, you've been around married people long enough, and, you, and you're kind of, uh, you're there, maybe it's at a restaurant or something, and you look at one couple, and, and they're talking, they're holding hands, their eyes are meeting, they're smiling, you know. Yeah, chemistry. All right, and then you see another couple, and, and they're sitting maybe in the same restaurant, and, and they're not, it's not that there's no, you know, they don't, maybe not going to be divorced tomorrow, but you know they're on their phones. If you're dating a guy and he's on his phone... That'd be the rest of your marriage. Hey, hey, you over there, you know. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm really rowdy tonight. You have to help me. <laughs> right? So this is what that looks like. You, you know that, you know, their, their eyes have not met. They're not talking that much. And they get up and they walk out. But there's no, you like, okay, they're probably not going to divorce. Uh, but, you know, that's not really, you know, there's not, there's something different between the two. You know what I'm saying? So how many of you say, I, I think I want the other one, right? Right? Okay, good. That's what we hoped you would say. Okay, so what that means is when, we, uh, when you look at uh, things, uh, it's actually people have found out that it's the little things in marriage that make the biggest difference. Okay, that's why I'm going to quote this in context for the first time in years. It's from the Song of Solomon. It says, the, uh, the, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And that's what that means. Means the little things in everyday life uh, absolutely either enable or destroy intimacy in a relationship. Now you can compare that to the church if you want to. Don't go any further than that. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. So here's what we would say: uh, If you, what do you want in your marriage? Do you want your marriage to be uh, fine or fantastic? Right. Okay. You live with fine if you want to. Turn to your neighbor and say you can be fine. <laughs> I'm just uh, uh, it's so terrible I'm trying to behave okay uh, right so instead of here's the problem though is most people when they they start dating they don't do critical dating and then when they get married they don't keep doing the things that won them their mate okay so we're going to talk about what those things are and so instead of highly happy by the way what God intended uh, the home to be a retreat, a place to recharge, a place to absolutely have... Okay, it's not another place to fight. But you, you can make your... Okay, Proverbs says that there's one woman that the Bible calls a woman. Uh, it doesn't call her a lady. Uh, it doesn't call her a wise woman. They said that she tears down her house with her own hands. Okay, you marry that if you want to. All right, poke one of you guys, poke one of you guys in the mirror. So be careful who you marry. No, 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 poke him. Come on, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Give him a poke, you know. All right, All right. So uh, sometimes, instead of highly happy, we get sometimes happy or mostly mediocre. Now, why does that happen? Uh, so here's what you would say. Is there a way in our relationship that we can move from fine to fantastic? Yes, okay? And that's what I want to teach you to do. Well, Brother Kilman, it's probably going to take a major overhaul, right? Uh, it's going to take, you know, uh, you know, 1,300 hours of counseling or something like that. No. What, what if it's not? What if it's something simple? What if it's something easy? What if there's like a, a series of little small things that in the final uh, end of it is exactly what Solomon said, that it's the little things that either breathe intimacy into marriage or it doesn't. Okay, I, I'll prom promise you that's what it is. So what we're going to look at is not, we're going to take a different aim. We're not going to talk about the problem marriages. We're going to talk about fine going to something else. 
Okay, and, that, and that's what we want to help, help you be able uh, to do. Okay, so uh, my wife and I are going to teach. We, we shall see uh, uh, when we switch po- points and I'll hand the mic to you. Oh, you can. That <laughs> um, I means she might not tell all of my stories tonight. That's awesome. No, no. All right, so uh, here's, there's been some research done, uh, and it was across all ages, all races, and even religious backgrounds. And uh, Anyone ever heard of Shanti Feldheim? One hand, two hands, three hands. Oh, good. Oh, there's hope. Uh, Shanti Feldheim is a very, very incredible lady. Uh, She actually uh, got a a degree uh, from Harvard, uh, and she does statistics. That's the field she worked in. She's worked for Washington, D.C. She's worked in many places in the government. And what she has done now is taken those those skill sets and brought it to marriage. And she said, I'm going to interview across all ages, races, and religious background and figure out what these people do uh, to make their marriage fantastic. Now, she's not looking at the problems, right? So uh, she said, here's, here's the thing. I'm going to give you some principles tonight. <clears throat> How many of you said you wanted to be married one day? I, I hope you take notes. Literally take notes. Okay. Right? So principle number one. If we want to change or improve or be inspired, we have to study the bright spots, not just the problems. Now, what does that look like? Um, uh, It looks like uh, Jesus saying, uh, don't be like the Pharisees, right? But that's not enough. You have to model yourself after Jesus. Okay, it's, uh, uh, I don't want to ask you to raise your hand, but I'm suspicious that there are people in here that would say, I do not want the marriage my parents had. Okay? Now, I'm not talking about even like the worst case scenario. I'm just talking about a place where they're never going to get divorced or anything like that. And I do know there are cases in here where people have divorced. My wife uh, suffered through that when she was young. Uh, so I understand that. But what I am saying, it's not enough to know what not to do. Okay? You have to know what to do. You have to be proactive, and you have to study the bright spots, not just uh, the problems. So the second principle that I would give you tonight is, uh, what are the simple, this is what's going to be lifted up out of these particular things, uh, by the way, that strike to the fundamental core of the way God made man and woman. I wish I had time to talk about that and walk you through Ephesians, but I don't. So I'll have to give you some homework, and you can look at that yourself. Uh, there's a, okay, there is a different fundamental makeup between a man and woman, and if you don't learn what the Bible says about what makes a man a man and a woman a woman, you'll have a terrible marriage, and you'll be scratching your head wondering not why this doesn't work. Well, I do everything I think he wants, or I do everything I think she wants. Well, that'd be great if you were you know, married to the same sex be abomination but it'd be you know lighten up okay this is terrible so turn to somebody and say brother Kilman's being crazy tonight (laughs) oh she's right there she's looking (laughs) okay all right so what you have to do is take I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you theologically you have to take biblical anthropology seriously and if you don't do that you will not dwell in wisdom with your mate Okay, we're going to show you what that looks like tonight. All right, so what simple learnable habits, uh, this study asked, are common to highly happy couples? Now, this is the top tier that rated their marriages highly happy, okay? Habits that they may not even realize that are making them happy, and by the way, that others can replicate. Okay, it's not hard, okay? I'll show you what that looks like. Okay, uh, so what is it? Is it some philosophically huge thing? This is the uh, fascinating thing about the survey. They found out it's not some huge thing. 
Uh, it's actually just little things practiced every day. And, and what, what uh, we have to know as Christians is that most of us have the mistaken notion that marriage is complicated. Okay? I know how to have the perfect marriage, I promise you. I'm just a selfish jerk sometimes. Did she say amen? Okay. I know I am. She doesn't have to say amen. She's being very gracious tonight. Okay, I know how to have a perfect marriage. I just don't always get it right because I'm being selfish. Okay? Uh, and I'm going to tell you, if you have some tools that will help you, uh, I'll, it will bless you down that road of intimacy. Okay, so uh, here's what people think. To have a good marriage... Or to fix a broken one, it requires at least a PhD in counseling and a minor in mind reading. <laughs> what are they thinking, you know? Where did that come from, you know? All right, but that's absolutely not the case. Uh, what, they, what they found in this 10-year research uh, is it's these little day-to-day -day things that make, uh, make the bigger difference, okay? And I, uh, we'll talk about what those are. We'll look at uh, some things for men and some things for uh, uh, women. Okay, so here's the third principle. Happy couples can rarely identify what it is that makes them happy. Uh, when she started interviewing these couples, uh, she found out that there was things in their uh, life. They said things like this. Well, we communicate. That's vital. Okay? Okay? Uh, anybody ever struggle with communication with someone you're dating? Married to, God forbid. Okay? Um, uh, we learn to fight fair. Okay, or, or you ready? This is the best one. We just love being with each other. The honey has not run out and the moon has not gone down yet. <laughs> okay, I'm just talk, trying to be real. And, and you just have to understand that there is a reality to marriage. And you have to kind of learn to deal with it uh, from that. Okay, now I'll tell you what happens. When you listen to people that talk like that, you're inspired, yes. Uh, but you like, I don't know how to do that. And if I knew, okay, if I knew how to get there, I would do it, right? Right, that's what most people will say. Okay, so I'm going to show you how to get there, right? And uh, it's uh, very, very simple. All right, principle number four, what's fascinating is in this research, uh, they found out that most of the time, the critical differentiating habits were nearly invisible because they were small. Okay, but when she was going through the research, she was like, wow, that's the same thing. Wow, that's 30 times. Wow, that's 300 times. And you ready? The couples that had what they did not call highly happy marriages were not practicing these small things. Okay? And, so it's, and, and, and the couples are not even aware of what they're doing all the, all the time. All right? Now, why is it important? Because these little things that you practice every day build up a kind of reservoir of feeling. Okay? So it's like putting money in the bank against a rainy day. And when the catastrophic things come, they were able to deal with it, you ready? Because they already felt, wow, this person has already put so much into this marriage that I can trust this one bad day. Okay, but if you ain't putting money in the bank and the tires go out on the car, you're going to have to go to the credit card. And Dave Ramsey's is going to be telling her, I told you about that emergency fund. Okay, the same's true in marriage. Okay, so uh, this is what happens. By practicing little things every day, it communicated this. This other person cares about me. And that can cushion you against tons of things, like sickness, like financial setback, uh, like misunderstandings, uh, all sorts of things. And if you've been married at more than a minute, 
you know that there's going to be misperceptions and there's going to be struggles and there's going to be, you know, broken toes and things. Right? And you just have to learn to kind of make it through that stuff. And what happens is, is practicing little things builds up the ability to handle all of this other stuff in a good process. Now, I'm going to be pointed here, okay? If you do not meet these needs in your mate, they will look for it somewhere. Okay, I'm going to be strong. There is a fundamental need in a man and a woman that's different. And if you don't learn to meet that need, it's going to open them up. Now, I'm not going to say they're ever going to fail, but it will open them up emotionally for someone else to come in. And the enemy used that person, you ready, to meet the need that you're not plugging into. And then it's, oh, it's all her fault. It's all his fault. No, why weren't you home? I'll try to behave. It's like, well, you know, I was out trying to evangelize the world. You wrecked your marriage, sir. Go home. You saved the whole world and wrecked your marriage. That's not a good man, okay? It's not a good woman. I'm not trying not to be, okay, is that too bold? Okay, and I'll tell you what happened. In the name of ministry, you can sacrifice your marriage on the altar of ministry if you want to. But 1 Timothy chapter 2 and Titus chapter 1 says you ain't qualified for ministry. And everybody say, that's spiritual. As if somehow your marriage is not connected to the spirit world. It's just the vehicle by which God chose to bring dominion on the earth. Okay, I'll behave. I don't, I don't want to get stuck there. I tell you, this is serious. It's like, oh, Brother Kilman's just kind of doing this marriage thing. No, it's kind of like it's biblical and it's foundational. And that's why the enemy is attacking it so strongly in our society today. Okay, I'll behave. Maybe. All right. All right, so what this allows a couple to do is overcome a ton of issues, okay? All right, so um, why is this important? Because there are many marriages with big issues. Brother Kilman, have you had big issues? Yes. We've had big issues in our marriage in 16 and a half years of marriage. Thank you. I got that right. Yes. Um, and, and what that means is, uh, in the sample of these couples that they interviewed, many had been to the brink. Two had been divorced and were, were now uh, remarried, okay? So they'd been to the brink and back, okay? All right, so uh, what that means is, there isn't a problem so big that you cannot come back from, Okay? you get two people willing uh, to commit, then you can do it. So here's principle number five. If you do some of these little things, uh, turn to your neighbor and say, do little things. If you do little things and you get a couple, look, a couple of wins under your belt, I promise you, this is going to be, it's going to sound so small and trivial, but I promise you it's like breathing life, right? And, and, and you get a couple of wins like that, then that's going to help you when all the catastrophic stuff uh, comes. Right, so here's what happened. They they did an, a a marriage retreat, uh, and they were there was a um, uh, couples only came to this marriage marriage retreat with highly stressed marriage marriages. Okay, so they took a survey, and and what they did is they asked them three basic questions. Uh, number now they separated them in different rooms because they didn't want the spouse looking what she's going to write, you know. <laughs> so they separated them to get kind of the truth, and they asked them three questions: Do you care about your mate? Okay, number two, do you still have affection for them? And then number three, do you want the best for them? Now what's fascinating uh, is in the survey, uh, the results were 95% said that they absolutely cared about what was best for their spouse. Okay, it's shocking, right? Okay, this is a marriage retreat with high, filled with highly stressed marriages. And 95% of them said, yeah, I, I want what's best for my mate. 
Okay, five uh, percent of it. Even at the worst of these really rough marriages, they say, "Well, sometimes I have to be honest. Sometimes I do." Okay, and we're, we're not talking about you know good marriages. We're talking about those that are in trouble. Zero percent. Uh, said that they didn't really want was, what was best for their spouse anymore. Now, that's fascinating. But here's the, here's the critical part of, of the uh, survey. When they asked if they knew that their spouse wanted what was best for them, look at what they said. Only half said yes. Okay, now you've just tapped into something huge when you understand that. Okay, now what, what, what does that mean? This is what it shows us. The surprising statistic is... Nearly everybody in marriage cares about what his or her spouse wants. 100% of the people in that room that was, had those struggling marriages. But only half of them actually believe that their mate really believes they want, they, they want what's best for me. Okay, okay, I'm going to tell you, that's why people divorce. Not because people don't care, but because people don't think they care. Okay, and I'm going to show you uh, what that would look like. Right, so uh, if you here's what happens: we either miss or forget this about the person that we're dating. I'll even throw that in for you, or our mate, especially ready in the heat of the moment, right when everything blows apart. We forget that they really do want what's best for us. So here's principle number five: even the best, most wonderful Christian husband and wife can be jerky sometimes. You don't have to say, man, but you can look one. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh, what are you saying? Okay, how many of you are perfect? I don't think you can ever have true intimacy in marriage unless you're not perfect. Unless you can grow together through the struggle. And it's only in those moments of opposition that you can find the time to really serve the other person. And I think that's where the act, real act of intimacy is forged. How many of you had friends that just went through you through tough stuff? they were by you through the toughest stuff. So I think God allows trouble to come. Now, I ain't talking about like infidelity or something, but pressure on a marriage. And in that moment, uh, it, it brings out what you've put into it uh, over time, showing uh, your commitment. Okay? Uh, so here's the happiness secret, principle number six. Highly happy spouses choose to believe their mate cares for them, no matter what they're seeing or feeling at the time. Are you ready? And they act accordingly. He's just tired. He's just tired and hungry. I remember one time Brother Mooney was uh, talking to us over at IBC. And uh, he said, you know, you just get, it's, you're physical. He said, you have to realize that that's a reality of who you are as a person. He said, every once in a while, uh, Mickey will say to me, Paul, I don't want to talk to you anymore until you get your sleeping done. <laughs> to which I went, I can be saved. <laughs> because... <laughs> Well, the rest of you are perfect, about to be raptured, I understand. But us people, you know, we, we, we sometimes know that, wow, you know, we have to, in the moment, we know, well, they're just tired. That's just their pain talking or something like that. And they act accordingly. Uh, they said things like this. I might be hurt, but I know my spouse cares about me. I know they want what's best for me. So I'm going to believe that they didn't intend to hurt me when they said it that way. Okay, I'm going to tell you, I know you may not be married yet or dating maybe yet, but I'm going to tell you this is good stuff. If you kind of lock this away in your heart, uh, it'll help you for, uh, through the struggles of marriage. All right, so uh, principle number six then is, um, oh, yeah, we already did that one, never mind. 
Uh, so here's what's fascinating. Uh, not only did the highly happy couple say, I believe the best and I act accordingly, the struggling couple said the exact opposite. You ready? They said, my spouse doesn't care. Uh, he or she knew how that would make me feel, and they said it anyway. Remember, and only 50% of the people believe that their uh, spouse, even though 95% and 0%, you know, in that one particular room, uh, actually uh, believe this. All right? Now, what they found then, it's these small actions that build up this reservoir of feeling uh, over time. So we're going to talk about uh, what those are. All right, so we're going to talk about the Fantastic Five for men and women. You want to do the men or the women? Men. Oh, I, let's see. Uh, these little, uh, yeah, okay. Well, I, I'll introduce it and then we'll decide. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> welcome to marriage. <laughs> All right, so these are the Fantastic Five for him. Not the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Five. I'm so sorry, Reverend, I apologize. I repent. To all my friends listening, I repent. Okay. All right, the Fantastic Five for him. All right, so these are the things. Now, it's not everything that we could say. Now, I, I would love to talk about love and respect. We're going to show that that's actually the core of what this is. I'd love to talk about uh, your time-starved life. We could talk about tons of stuff about marriage. Uh, literally, you know, you, I, I have, I don't know how many books on marriage, and they're all good, and isolate on it. Okay, how many of you ladies know you work really hard at the wedding? You should, right? Make it special, right? How many of you ladies want to work hard at the day? Uh, raise your hands. All right. How many of you guys say, I'm on board with that. I'm okay with that. I think that's important. You know, okay, good. Raise your hands. You'll never get a date if you don't ever raise your hand on this. Okay. All right. So now here's the thing. You, people work it at the ceremony, but they don't work at their marriage. So put the same amount of critical analysis in uh, dating and, and getting into marriage and understanding what marriage is uh, that you would for the day that you're preparing for. Okay. All right, so this is the guys. You want to do the guys? Oh, so I should do this. Okay. All right, so here's the... All right, ladies, uh, guys, uh, you take a chill. All the ladies pay attention. Got your pens out. Oh, aren't you engaged? She's not a snap a pen. I won't tell who she is. Okay, all right, so... Cassie Cole. Okay. <laughs> all right, number one. You ready? This is huge. It's going to cost you a ton. No. Right? Number one, notice what your man does and say thank you. Okay, and all the ladies just went, okay, you know, it sounds nice. No, it's not, it's more than nice. You ready? Uh, say things like this thanks for mowing the lawn in the heat. Well, it's kind of his job. Yes. You like it when he holds the door open, right? Yes. Then thank him for doing his job. Or don't expect, okay, I'll be, hey. All right, so thing, okay, uh, thanks for changing the light bulb. It was bugging. Yeah, I mean, he's going to change it anyway. But when you, you know, you got, oh, you know, you changed the light bulb. It was just annoying me, and thank you for doing that. You know what he's going to do? He's going to, oh, you know. <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, so it's a little thing. I promise you, how, oh, this didn't cost you anything, did it? Okay, no. Okay, so, uh, okay, I'll, this is how it works. When women want to hear things like, I love you. Right? And other wonderful things like that. Okay, guys, learn to say that. Learn to, okay, that's why poetry means more to her. That's why flowers mean more to her. God help you, I don't know if, maybe you like, 
flowers. I don't think so. Okay. All right, so a guy, a guy thinks it's nice. It's nice, you, you know. She said, I love you. That's okay, I, okay. But uh, for, for him, what says that, how many of you ladies know when, it, when a guy, you know, you want your husband to say, I love you. How many of you, okay, raise your hands, ladies. If you want that, okay, every woman wants that. Okay, in the same way that I love you speaks to that deep need in a woman, uh, thank you says it to him. And you're like, really? Yes. He's a guy. Okay, all right, I'll, I'll prove it to you. Why? Uh, here's what the research shows. Deep un- underneath all of that facade, all that confidence surface that men put forward, they have a lot of self-doubt. All right, now I'll show you, I'll show you what that means. Uh, uh, on the inside, women wonder this. This is what they wonder. Am I lovable? Uh, am I special? Uh, would he choose me all over again? Right? That's what women want to know. Okay, well, deep inside of a man, uh, it's not the am I lovable question. So when a a guy says, I love you, it means all of these things to to a woman. Uh, You are lovable. You're special. I would choose you all over again. That's what I love you means. Okay, but to a guy, we don't have that question. We have a different question. All right, so we, we do like this. Men wonder, am I able? Am I adequate? Am I any good at what I do? That's why losing a job for a man is almost catastrophic because he is what he does. He's not his relationships. He is what he does. Because just like the paternal instinct in a woman is there to nurture and, 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 and take care of uh, the home or the children, inside a man is the desire to conquer, to build a security for his family. And by the way, if he's... I'll be, should I take a plug? Bishop gave me the nod. Okay, if he's 30 and he's still living at home and he doesn't have a job and he's with his mom, he ain't a man. And no, he's not adequate and nothing you do will ever be able to pacify him and make him feel better about himself because he's not a man. And you're, that's right, don't marry. Okay, all right. So instead of, am I worthy of being loved for who I am on the inside? For, for a man, it's like this. Am I any good at what I do on the outside? Is some, are you ready? Is someone going to find out that I don't have a clue what I'm doing as a dad? Now, I know that sounds, I'm telling you. So when you say, look, I knew you were tired, honey, but you took the kids out and you played ball with them. You took the time to take, you know, uh, the kids out and do something with them. You ready? It's a wife is saying to her husband, you measure up as a husband. You measure up as a father. You're a good man. And you see how quiet it is? Because all the guys are going, wow, that's right. How many of you guys will say, admit, okay, you have to help me, that that's powerful, right? Touches the man at his core. Right? And if you, oh, okay. I'm going to close my eyes and say this. If you tear down your husband in public, you deserve what you get in your marriage. Okay, okay there, I have my eyes closed. Okay. <laughs> I promise you, I see women do that. Don't do that nonsense, okay? Because you, you, some other woman at work is going to praise him. And you contributed to the divorce. I'll behave. Okay, Uh, so, you know, guys are thinking something like this. I want to be a great dad, but I don't know. Am I a great dad? Right. And that fundamental need in a man is big. All right. Uh, All right. So uh, the second thing and I'll Amy's going to get the mic here pretty soon. So you can read easy. 
Okay, number two, not just thank you, but you did a good job at whatever it is. So this is what that looks like. Add to that something like this. Uh, you know, I saw you go out and you, you took time out of your schedule. And by the way, uh, you did a good job at being, you know, the dad today. Right? I promise you. Those two little things, how, any, does any lady in here think that's hard at all? Okay. Then just do it. And I promise you, uh, it'll, it's the little foxes. It's the little acid comments. It's the withholding affirmation. It's the disdaining look. Okay, that's what really will destroy intimacy. And this builds it because it's the opposite. Okay, how many know I'm doing? I'm doing all right tonight, ain't I? All right, good. All right, number three. Mention in front of others what he did well. I know, I know. It's like, is it really? Yes, really. All right, and I'm going to prove to you what that looks like. Because just like a lady likes for her man to open the door and, and put her in, what does that mean? She's my queen. She's special. I'm ushering her in. How many of you ladies go, uh-huh? Because that, okay, that sends a strong signal, a clear signal that she is for me and nobody else is. And that builds a whole lot of safety in that woman. She can be at ease in that marriage. And the same thing with the man. Just by praising him in public. So at dinner or at church, brag on him. Come home, he's worked 40, 50, 60 hours a week. You know what he did? He knew I was tired. He took the kids out and, and played with them, brought home something. I didn't have to cook that night. We just had a crazy day. He's such a good father. And you know what's going to happen? I promise you. Uh, he just take the kids out and, and, and he's such a great dad. And on the outside, he's like, oh, you know, that's not a big deal. But on the inside, he's like, yeah. That's right. <laughs> I, okay. I promise you that that's, uh, that's how it is. Guys ain't going to say an amen, but they're looking at a whole lot of them right now. Okay. Oh, well, this is, you know, for married people. So, um, I'm sorry, Rev. I forgot that was on there, actually. Yes, there you go. All right, so uh, show that you desire him, you know, when you're married. Uh, and, and that he pleases you. Why? Because it's not just, it's not just, it's another type of affirmation. And it's not just a physical need, by the way, it's an emotional need for a man. Okay? So you need to know that before you uh, get involved. Okay? Number five. Everybody all right? Okay, good. All right, number five. This is the last one. Make it clear to him that he makes you happy. Okay, I promise you, this is critical. Men are powerfully motivated to make their wife happy. Okay, so when he does something you like, you'd like to have it again, smile. Yeah, all right, okay. All right, so when he's playing with the kids, or, or he's working really hard, and he makes something happen, and, he's the, and he, all you have to do is look and smile, or say, thank you, babe. And I'm going to tell you, he's going to be like, I have done a good job as a husband today. And you know what? He'll do it again. But if you take for granted what he does, then probably that type of uh, thing's going to die on the vine. Okay, so uh, it's not politically correct to say, but that's okay. Feminism can take a back seat tonight because I really want to help you in marriage. Okay, men are powerfully motivated to do what makes their wife uh, happy. So when you smile, he shows you make it, make it, it's making him happy. That's, uh, that's incredible. All right, so here's what's fascinating. Mo if you ask most women, what's the most important to a man? They're going to say number four. 
And I understand, but it's actually number five. Overwhelmingly, I make my wife happy. I'm, I'm a good husband, and I can make my wife happy. Okay, why? Uh, almost 90% of the people in this interview, 10-year uh, research said, uh, knowing that their mate uh, was happy, they made their wife highly happy is what made them highly happy. Okay, so communicate that. Okay. Well, my husband did a good thing today as a husband. And it just happened to, hap happen, to happen today. Um, we did not argue. Our whole dating, of course, we were older, knew what we want, knew what we didn't want. That's a whole thing in itself. It is very important that you choose the right mate, dear Lord. We've seen some horrible situations. And then you have to really work like crazy. I remember I was um, dating someone. I was young. I wasn't him. And <laughs> I remember my dad said to me, he said, uh, Amy, um, if you marry this boy, I will love him like a son. And you'll make it work because that's what you'll do. It'll be work every day of your life. And I was like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> I was too. I was like, oh, sorry, dude. I'm out of here. Anyway, but he did something great today. Not long, I can't remember exactly how long into our marriage. It was actually our first fight, I think. Um, we were driving down the road, and uh, <laughs> he knows what I'm going to tell. And so I'm in, the, um, I'm in the passenger seat, obviously. He's driving, and we're turning left. Well, he has this thing where, and, and it may be true because I'm not really paying attention, so I, I can't say it's not true, that he feels like people are speeding up to cut him off. So he does this thing where he turns, <laughs> he turns, and slows down, and I'm like, they're barreling at me. I'm the one on this side. You know, I'm at risk here. And so that was our first fight, and I was not happy. I felt, can anybody guess it? Unloved. But yes, from being unsafe. <laughs> and I, it, was, it was very much, I can remember it. I thought, does he even love me? Does he care if I die? You know, my <laughs> Lord. So today, we're turning. I'm taking him home, but he's driving. Well, I came to pick him up. We're driving home. He's driving. We're turning. And I even thought, there's no way he's turning in front of that car. It's going too fast. And he starts turning and slowing down. And I was like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. And the guy had to slow way down before or he would have hit us. And I, and I, I, did, I was very proud of myself a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> that... I, 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 I did not get freaked out. And so I waited a while. I don't know. I don't know when it was, but I said, babe, we, so we weren't even thinking about it anymore. I said, do you really want to make me happy? And I said, this will truly make me happy. I promise you it will. When you want to turn in front of somebody and I'm in this car, will you just choose not to do it? I don't care if they're being a jerk and speeding up. Just, just, which that would really make me happy. And he said, yeah, okay. And I was like, what? This works. I'm so excited. So, you know, there's a prime example. He does want to make me happy. But, okay, we'll go, we'll go on because I only have probably 15 minutes. So, now, uh, five fantastic things for her. All right. These things are not 
all the things. And this is, when you go to marriage retreats, there's going to be a ton. And we go to one every year with Brother Mooney, and it's awesome. And he doesn't, every two years, sorry. And he doesn't say the same thing every time. So it's not the whole thing, but it's good. Okay. Um, take her by the hand. And uh, it was funny when I was, when I was first reading this, I thought, that is so funny because just two weeks earlier, we really lived this out. We're getting out of the car. He's teaching young adults, so he's, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta get set up. And he is just taking off out of the parking lot, and I'm just walking by myself. And I was like, oh, that's really sad. <laughs> and, and then I was like reading that going, that is so true, it was me. So, um, <laughs> you didn't fail. He, he now, every time he gets out of the car, and he's like, oh, oh wait. <laughs> and then he goes, I'm going, no, not really, not really, not really. <laughs> He's in a hurry a lot, but, but he does hold my hand, and that's so sweet. Okay. They, girls do want, I don't care if you're married yet or not, they do want to feel like you know they're there. You, you want to care for them. You want to help them feel safe. That's a big deal. And when you get married, safety comes in all forms. Financial safety, that's a big deal. Get yourself together. Before you plan on supporting somebody, oh, you know, I mean, she needs a job too. But I'm just saying, I know. <laughs> we never mind. I'm not gonna say that. Okay, okay. As soon as you walk across the parking lot, that's right. It says things like, "You're mine." Um, it's a very special. It really is. And and pro my husband probably thought, really, it's that big of a deal. But it is, and I, I don't know, it, it's in when you're dating, you want that person to say really what you're saying is to the rest of the world, I chose this one. You know what I'm saying? And especially when you're married. Um, and it, 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 it does say a lot. Okay. Um, okay. Subsequently, it communicates that your relationship is in a good spot and that you're feeling connected to her. Do any of you girls agree with that? All right. Yay. Okay. All right. That is true. Taking her hand, letting her feel, feel like she is the one, she is special, you're going to protect her. It says a lot, a lot. All right. Putting your arm around her and, well, no, whoa, 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 until you're married. <laughs> Just the arm around the shoulder. There we go. Um, I know. I know. We're terrible. Okay. Now, I think one thing when we did this marriage seminar a couple times, um, one thing that is so important once you're married, and don't, don't fake it now when, when you're just dating. Figure out if you really need to marry that person or not. Then, you know, commit to that. Don't just go, okay, I'm committing no matter what. Marry the right person. My husband has said... Um, I've heard him say it, and Brother Norris said it, and Brother Dobson. Um, you know, um, opposites attract, but they don't marry well. You have to be very careful with that. There are things that are, that are attractive about the opposite, uh, in whatever, personalities or, or ways that you are. But that, and we've, we have counseled a, a couple, it's been years ago, but they were very opposite. And he was very outgoing, and he always wanted people around him, and he always wanted to be with people, and he always just raw, just big personality. 
and she was very, very opposite. She wanted to be at home. She wanted alone time with him. You know, that was very hard on their marriage. And um, what you what you admire in a person that you're like, man, I could never be that. I'm not that. That is so awesome that they are. Um, after you get married, many times, now not with every single thing, but with many times, you'll be actually annoyed by that. You know, he wants to be with people all the time. It's making me crazy, you know, and, and that, that can be a big deal. So be very careful on that, um, choosing a spouse and, and having kind of the same mind track. Okay. Now, once again, though, um, choosing her, once you're married, this is so important. If your eyes aren't going to be for that person only, you're not ready to be married. And I don't care if you never, you know, actually fall, but when you pay attention to other women or men, I, I, you know, either way, um, that just breaks a marriage and it breaks a relationship. So be very careful. And if, and if you're not, even if you're dating and you're wanting to date serious, if you're committed to that one person in that dating situation, you know, don't be flirting with other people. That's very rude. Just break up with them. Just say, this is not going to work. You'll be my friend. But we're not marriage material or whatever for each other. So careful on that. Okay. Um, another physical gesture is sitting in church or a restaurant. But that's with the arm around. It's very, um, but, but be careful. I think we have to be careful about I, I, well, I don't get into that. I don't know what Brother Minnie says anymore. It's the same thing as when we were dating. Okay. <laughs> well, used to at church, you could only sit by each other if you were engaged. So I don't know if that, I, I don't know. That's a long time ago. We old. Okay. Um, all right. I already said that part, I think. It does make a big deal. Make a girl, make your wife one day feel that she's, she's everything. She's special. Okay. She's the queen of the double wide. <laughs> Or, you know, whatever house you're living in. Okay. Um, now, don't ever tell I'm... <laughs> all right. I've said all of those things. I'm sorry. Um, leave her a voicemail, a text message, or email to tell her you love her and they're thinking of her. This is a shockingly big deal. Um, women want to feel like that you thought about them. I, I have a friend that she came home, her husband, he's a good, he's a good provi great provider, he came home one time, and this was many years ago. And she, well, she came home one time, and he had folded the clothes. And I thought she was going to have a heart attack. And she lived on that for years, literally. That was like, you remember when he folded the clothes for me? Seriously, and it is, women want to feel that you thought about them, and once you get married, they want to feel like you thought about what their struggles are. You know, not, not just, you know, coming home, she comes home from work, you come home from work, or, or whatever, or taking kids, tear kids all day, that's a whole job in itself, but, um, and then you're ready for dinner, and then you're ready for that to be cleaned up, and then you're ready for, you know, just just do, 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 do for me. And, but if you, just a thought, I mean, literally, my husband, and it's so funny because when we were doing this, I was like, that is so true. I, I was teaching one day and I got a text message 
and I, I was waiting on a text from a doctor or, or something, can't remember. And so I had to go look at it, and I looked at it, and I was like, oh, man. And he just said, hey, babe, I'm thinking of you. Um, can't wait to see you tonight. And I was like, oh, my Lord. On his busy, busy, busy day, he thought of me. And I kept that for months and would reread it. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's a big deal. Do you girls feel like that would be special to you if some guy just in the middle of the day? And I think that's why flowers are special. Wait, what? The, all the ladies I like flowers. I think they're very beautiful. But what I, and I'm, I'm a turner, so biologically, so I, I look at them and think, they're so pretty. They cost money and they're going to die. And, you know... <laughs> But what it really says is, he thought of me. That, that is really what flowers say to a girl. He thought of me in his busy day, and he's taking that hard-earned money, and he's spending it. Now, I do the bills, so I'm like, just give me a text message. <laughs> Not really. I'll take flowers every once in a while, but few and far between. Okay. All right. Um, so apparently, guys think about their wives at work. But they don't always say so. Is that right? Do you think about me often? <laughs> okay. Now, well, here's, here's a nice one. Y'all can write it down. Aw, this has been the worst day. <laughs> and I can't wait to get back home to you. I love you so much, honey. I'll see you tonight. I'm telling you, you save that for marriage. But that, there you go. Um, okay. I did save that text message, that's true. Now, you don't always have to be on Facebook or on Twitter or ESPN, which he's never, but um, <laughs> we don't have TV. So, um, but, or, or even earbuds. And you don't always, you can. Okay. Thinking about you, that is a very big deal. Oh, I was so glad. I was so glad that I didn't have that other number four. I was <laughs> really not wanting that. <laughs> that, is, that is for separate session, which we did a long time ago. Do you remember? I don't know if you guys were all probably not in here a long, long time ago. Okay. Now, sincerely tell her she's beautiful. It was really funny to me because my husband said, um, you really have to be sincere. And I thought, well, I don't, I don't know a girl that's going to say, oh, don't tell me. No, I don't need that. <laughs> Any girl, somebody says, you are beautiful. I'm telling you, she's going to be happy. That, that is a big deal. Affirmation, and like he said, if, if you're not, once you get married, you're not giving affirmation to that spouse or even to somebody that you're considering marrying. They will, they're going to get it from somebody else. And somebody else will give it to them. And it, it's, it is uh, a sad way to go. Um, and I, I do not mind hearing that from my husband, ever. Okay. And what's funny, Joel was hearing us talk about these things. And uh, we were getting ready. We were at this church in this little house we were staying in. And I, he's brushing his teeth. I'm doing my hair. And he looks up and he goes, Mom, you look amazing. I was like, me? He goes, yes, you're the only one in here beside me. 
I was like, oh my, I mean, it just, it about tore me up. It was awesome. I'm just telling you, girls do not mind it. They do not. They need that affirmation. God made us to be affirmed that way. And I think when we don't get that, sometimes, and, and you know, from younger people, sometimes from their fathers, that affirmation that you are beautiful, you know, you're worthwhile. I think, and this is my opinion, I'm way off a of base right now, but I think sometimes that comes out in our dress, trying to get affirmation from whomever will give it. So you have to be very careful. When you have children one day, think of those things. You don't live life now is the biggest time in your life. You are going to make the second biggest decision of your whole life, and that is who you marry. First, obviously, is if you're going to serve God. You know, as for me and my house thing. But I'm just saying, you, you need to make intentional choices about your life. Marriage is a big one. Child rearing is another one. And be careful. Be careful how you, how you do that. Okay. Um, I just got a text. I'm really sorry. I think that was me. Was it you? Oh. Okay. Um, oh, I have two minutes. Okay. Principle. Oh, wait. No, yeah. Now it has to be something authentic to you. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think you... I'm sorry. Oh, okay. This is what guys think. Now it has to be something authentic to you, but say it and the habit will be built. That is true. Don't just... And, and I'm going to tell you, I have seen very beautiful girls, very beautiful girls feel like they're not at all because n no one's affirming them in, in, in a good way. Okay. One reason men don't do this is they don't, uh, don't often realize how important it is for a wife to know it. That is true. I have to know what you're thinking, babe. All right. It should never keep you from doing it. You should always affirm. Um, now, I mean, you can't affirm bad things, but, but that you think your wife is beautiful. Okay. Um, I feel like I've already said all these things, babe. Oh, do you know one of the things I absolutely love about you is blank. That is a good one. That really is. You, you need to take the time, slow down, slow down your day, slow down whatever it is, and appreciate your spouse. And, and just saying those things, it is very true. I've always, I've always talked about the power of thank you and the power of, well, for girls' love. But Okay. Um, she does not or will never want to feel in competition with anything, let alone another woman. But anything, really. Um, she needs to know that she comes first. She comes, I mean, before, you know, God is number one, but um, that nothing you have, do, or say, or whatever. Oh, go ahead. All right, she's being nice to you guys, so I'm going I'm to take a little plug. If you have issues with, um, we're all adults, right? But if you have issues with pornography or wandering eyes, your wife will always feel like she's in competition. And it doesn't matter how much you say, if she feels like she's in competition with your eyes, she will never feel beautiful or affirmed. Okay, don't do it. Do what you gotta do, build the, if you gotta give, if you have to shut that phone up in the living room uh, until you get out at night. 
Whatever you got to do, uh, just make sure it happens because you don't want to carry. Um, I had, my son turned 13 and we had the talk, which really means the whole start of a whole bunch of talks if you're smart. And I said, you know, you're going to change your what seems to be kind of funny or a little gross now. You're absolutely going to change and there's going to be some attraction. And the reason God start this, starts this at 13, maybe five or ten years before you ever get married, is so that you can get it in proper balance before you get in marriage. That way you don't take a bunch of junk into marriage with you. So don't take a bunch of junk into marriage with you because if your eyes are not for her, she'll, all, she'll never feel affirmed. Ladies, say amen. All right. That, that's a whole less, or I'm sure a big topic for men in itself. I, I didn't understand that at all. And girls probably don't. Um, in, in all our years of helping people and whatever, I'm sure it does. But we, it was shocking how many times that has been a problem with people that we've helped. And, and I, I just had no idea. So it's, anyway, be very careful. Okay. Affirm she's the most exciting, attractive woman in the world to you and prove it by reserving your eyes only for her. Continue to pursue her, a note, a touch, an occasional mushy compliment. Or a wink from the platform, right? Okay. Now, this was a funny one, but pull yourself out of a funk instead of withdrawing. Um, and this is the last one I'm going to talk about I'll let you finish up because we are already over time. Um, this, this is true. Um, we are both talkers, so it's kind of hard for us to... But, but we handled... When we came into our marriage, we were different. There were, we, had, we came from different backgrounds of a family, and everyone does. Okay, so when you start dating someone seriously, you need to be careful, not that, not that their families, you know, you're like, oh, okay, your family's crazy or whatever, but it won't, you got to know, he came from a different way of talking about something than I did. Um, when my, mo my mother left when I was nine, they divorced when I was 10, my dad had to rearrange everything for us. And he's, he is a math man, and he's logical, and so it was a big thing. If we had an argument, the whole, you know, whoever was involved in it came down and sat at the kitchen table, and we talked. You could say what you wanted, but if you were rude, smart aleck, or yelled, you're out. doesn't matter if you're right. You're off the table. You no longer get a say. And so I'm just, you know, we've got to talk about this. We have to da-da-da-da. He was like, walk away. And I was like, oh, my Lord. He just walked away from me. That means he doesn't love me anymore. And so, yeah, it was what I thought. And so you have to realize when you come together, you're bringing two different kinds of a family together, okay? So really think about that, um, which we've worked that out. We've kind of compromised both ways. And sometimes he just needs to go away before a cool down. So, <laughs> although we really, we don't fight that much. Okay, um, and he needs his space a little bit. Okay, um, but it says, do be careful how far you withdraw because that woman will feel scared the whole time. And so it is good to say, I want you to know we're okay, but I need some time. You know, we'll be okay, even if that's the thing. But it's not, it's not about trying to scare. Okay, and your mood doesn't just affect you. It affects your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend at the time and, and your children one day. Um, and it can breed very much insecurity. 
Okay, affirm your love and that the two of you are going to be fine. I've just said that. I'm angry and I need some space, but I want you to know we're okay. Um, not always giving into a funk and not giving the cold shoulder reassures your wife or even fiance at a very deep level. Okay. It says more than I do. It communicates I still do and really always will. All right. I'm going to let you take over. Okay. okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, what's funny is this is like little stuff, right? Was this hard at all? Okay. So I promise you this is the uh, amazing thing. 82%, 72 to 82% said these five things uh, affected them deeply. I'll tell you what one lady said. Uh, laying on the floor, counseling with another woman, weeping about her husband saying he's worked 60 and 70 hours a week to take me on this big vacation to Hawaii. And I just want him to put his arm around me at church. So guys, it seems like these big things, and we're, we're conquerors. It's part of how God made us, to go out, to build, to conquer. But it's not that. It's the little things every day. Now, I know this seems uh, probably a, a little funny. Uh, but what's funny is, you know, it really is uh, the Word of God and these principles that apply that help us uh, live the life we really want. So I want you to stand with me. And I know this has been uh, humorous, but I, I want to pray for you. And I want you to pray for yourself uh, and think about uh, your future. Okay? Um, because I know that one of the biggest things that can crush a ministry, that can crush a family, that can crush a church is people that are not, okay, people that are not doing what they need to do in marriage can absolutely build all sorts of things uh, that can happen in a church. It can rip a church apart. You get a spirit in there that's working because people through just little things are leaving the door open. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to pray for you. That's right hands. Lord, thank you, thank you for... they don't operate in truth. I pray, Lord, that you bless this uh, group as they walk through the hard work of dating to see if they're matched. And then as they get married, and as some are, that they find that in these frictions that they can do little things that will absolutely bless their marriage. Help them to realize, help us all to realize, we are not smarter than you. And that it is the little things, the little foxes, that we need to pay attention to. Help us to breathe life into our relationships. Help every man to take his role as a husband seriously, securing his wife on the inside, that she feels nurtured and loved and protected. And help him to do it by being a good man, a holy man. And I pray for every wife that she'll build up her husband by breathing life and respect and those things that speak to him that great volume that we're doing uh, what we need to do and that she's pleased with us. Help us to do these things. Bless our church. Help us in this chaotic culture to stand for this great institution. Take the time to do whatever it takes, Lord, to get it right. In Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor say, get it right. That's good. God bless you.